together. I love it when you touch me. Okay, well, we'll have to edit that. <laughs> well, this is Chasing the Hug with us here and you there. Welcome, gentlemen. I am Steve Sakasitz. Hey, Steve. I'm Nick Johnson. Brian Cox. And Brian, do we have anybody with us today? You know, because I love each and every one of you and the you. listeners, there are copious amounts of listeners. I have brought a special guest. Ooh, ooh do tell. And he Where is, is he? He is world famous all over town, and he is three feet from me, and it is not Jared Amix. He's not world famous. <laughs> Jared Amix in the house, everybody. We do have to make a shout out. Yeah. So I encourage everyone to go to this gentleman's website. Uh, he's, he is a fantastic roots singer. Mm. I think he'll uh, appreciate that that uh, moniker. But Mr. Jason Eady, E-A-D-Y. Oh, <laughs> oh thanks. You got he, me so pumped. Your your intro was so good that I thought I was ex- I was excited about who it was going to be. Yeah, it, it, well, it was oh, so good damn. it made my nipples hard. Um, All right. Well, that that, just bong. Yeah. that still work? Jason is a tremendous. In all in all candor, Jason is a tremendous songwriter, tremendous guitarist, uh, excellent singer, and uh, he did a show for us last night. Yeah, that the listeners uh, were invited to but didn't show up, but they will be invited again. We're going to bring Jason back <laughs> in the summer. Stay tuned. Sponsor by chasing the hugs. So we do an outdoor him. concert at Sadler Stadium. I know somebody. Do you know a guy? Yeah. It's an idea. Do you know how okay. to get in there? A beautiful baseball stadium. Yeah. He knows a guy. I know a guy. I mean, do that's think how Ra- it works. You know? Do you think Randy would be in for cutting a check? Oh, well, <laughs> well, well, too. Maybe. <laughs> but if we say it on a podcast, right? Yeah, I think so. Put you pressure on make it, make it happen. Yeah. Okay, so here, here in all in all candor, Jason, please go to jasonedy.com and you'll find out all about his tour, uh, his music. He he is uh, He's the real deal in country music. Uh, and country music's not even fair. We'll let Jason talk about that right. later. But, um, you know, there's nothing I love more than talking about me. Oh, it's my favorite thing. In oh, the this whole guy's world. right up my alley. Um, <laughs> I'm not about me talking about me. Let me hear you talk like, about me. Honestly, <laughs> about me. I can't. I don't want to go any further. But Jason and I have bonded on something that I get. I get uh, aspersions cast upon me that I talk about on here that certain mm. people don't like me for. Jason's in agreement. That's all I'm going to leave it at. Um, he knows what I'm talking about. Ish about I mean, a person. I'm, I'm willing to go on record. No, because I don't oh, want her I'm, to hate you too. Oh, wow. um, here we go. <laughs> 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 but, however, I do say, encourage you to go to jasonedy.com. Again, that's E-A-D-Y. Uh, it's fantastic. He's a fantastic by artist. his absence. But for you two, okay. you two, as yeah. a surprise, Ooh. what you don't know, Jason is a Mid-South wrestling mark from the 80s and 90s oh, when he was go. a kid let's growing go, up man. in Mississippi. Mid-South wrestling. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. So, Cowboy Bill Watts. Yeah. 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 So without yeah. further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jason Eady. Hey. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, man. This is cool. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to have you. First off, as you walked in, you saw all my uh, my figures around here. Um, <laughs> I'm still taking it in. It's yeah. taking me a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, <laughs> is, this is a, the in uh, mint on card inbox has only been collected since 2016. If you can imagine that, yeah, really? Just yeah, just 2016. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been bored since. <laughs> Does it make you feel better that I told Jason before we got here to remember that you're a grown-ass man? <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man! <laughs> you remember this? Okay, good. I mean, remind me later. <laughs> yeah. I already forgot. That's that's great. I had a friend in uh, in elementary school. His dad was a collector of, like, uh, Coca-Cola memorabilia. It was just, he was a collector of things. And, uh... And he, for some reason, he had this foresight, and every time he would buy him a Star Wars action figure in the 80s, Oh wow! He would buy him one to open and buy him one to not open. Smart. 
and I don't, I don't, I have, I've lost touch with him, but I can't imagine that that's not worth. No, he's, he's well, well. He's doing he's very well. He's beyond yeah. measure. As someone yeah, yeah. who's in the game, he's wealthy beyond measure. Yeah. He has you, you think he's got burn. Nick Johnson money now? Yeah, he got Nick Johnson money. Well, which is not does. money to burn. That's money to earn. Check that out. Uh, but he's he did well for himself. That was actually smart. My dad tried to do that with us. He was in construction with Ertl trucks. Remember those little like Tonka yeah. and Ertl? Oh, yeah. yeah. He Tonka would bring one back yeah. in the different construction job sites around the nation to go to from Minnesota to uh, Texas. By the time he got back from another place, we'd already broken the previous ones. So after about the third attempt, he was like, I ain't getting you. He realized he can't yeah. trust you. <laughs> Trust. You're not trustworthy. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting because you talk about hobbies, right? And yeah. um, one of the curiosities I have is, do you have hobbies outside of the music profession? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I recently started a hobby with gardening and uh, I did terrible with it. Yeah. But I've got a lot of sick beats. <laughs> We always do a dad joke. He had a corner. Yeah. First off, oh, you had him. Yeah. And then second, you had to qualify so he didn't leave. Yeah. Okay. But seriously, seriously, though. Seriously, though. It's a real question I you have. You did have me, and then you lost me, and then you had me again. Yeah, again. Then, yeah. But the real question I do have, because I was able to listen to your music last night, and I was really, uh, yeah, you're tremendous live. Like, the, the vocals, the acoustics, uh, your talent with the guitar, uh, that had to take a lot of focus, a lot of practice, and a lot of learning. So was there time for anything? else not not when i was learning how to do it no yeah. no now there is because i've learned how to do it right. but um yeah and so now i'm actually looking for other hobbies and stuff and yeah yeah but no it no when i was doing i mean for the last 30 years wow. it was it was all it took everything i had to learn how to do that stuff you know so you started at six <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Looks like a Matt Damon. I know you guys went through that uh, yeah. last night. Yeah, we had a lot of conversation on that. Tell yeah. that story really quick. Oh, man. I'm about to, I'm, I'm working on a song as we speak okay. about this Matt Damon thing because I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to write a song about it and just get it over with in the middle of the show and then we don't talk about it anymore. There you but go. I get, I get it all the time. I, I was walking down uh, Hollywood Boulevard one time. And there's these two, I'm walking one way and these two girls are walking another way. And I see her, one of them looks at me, gives me a look. They kept going and the one, and then she turns around and she comes, she runs back and she gets right in front of me. She looks at me, she's got her, got her phone up. And then right before she takes the picture, she looks at her friend that's, that's back down the street. She goes, it's not him. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so I knew what that was. Well, we yeah. instantly thought it when we oh, yeah. there. We were yeah. like, that's Matt Damon. All right. All right, so can I tell you all story? So I got to spend some time with Jason today, and it was it was cool. So we were we were hanging out a little, you know, a few hours ago, and he was talking to me, and he turned to me and had an expression. And I, I remember you two saying something about that last night. But he turns and looks at me and gives me an expression. And I stopped him in what, whatever story he was telling. And I go, have you ever seen Tom Cruise's teeth? Oh, yeah. You know, like, because when you when you see Tom Cruise in the picture where his teeth don't line up with his nose, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Like every time after that, that's what you focus on. And he and Jason said, yeah. And I go, just now the look you gave me, all I can think of is Matt Damon. Like they're 100 mm -hmm. percent right. You look like Matt Damon in the in that one pose. He got. So then he like flipped me off and told yeah. me to get the hell out of his house and all this that fun stuff. Sense. But but uh, yeah, it's one of those things you can't unsee. Like now I see, a res you know, the resemblance. And so, you know, when he first came out, I got it a lot. 
Mm-hmm. I got a lot. And then there was a period where he was, he did Jason Bourne and he right. was voted sexiest man alive. I didn't really hear it as was much. Was it him or <laughs> you? <laughs> was it, no yeah. one knows. Y'all would have been in the same place yeah, yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And, then, and then he came out with this movie called We Bought a Zoo. Mm-hmm. And it had more like the dad. And then I heard it again a lot oh, more boy. after that. So. It, yeah, so I judge my uh, physical condition on which Matt Damon I get. I get <laughs> compared to. You were recently in a Super Bowl commercial with Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hanging out with his buddy. That was really good. <laughs> well, it is one of those things where you you don't unsee it. Have you been confused for any other celebrities outside no. of that? I, mean, I, I used to get confused with Brett Favre, but I think that's just the Mississippi <sighs> thing. Oh, I think I all Mississippi white yeah. people look alike. Yeah. You're that's not wrong than, about that, Jason. Well, it's <laughs> better than the it's better than the alleged embezzlement. I mean, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, they were looking for you for about five million not too long ago. No, that's good. Well, before we get into other stuff, how about we we start with the wrestling? Because yep. typically yep. you don't a lot. So you grew up in Jackson, Mississippi, right? And we're a uh, mid South fan. And I know a lot of you, a couple over over the course of today, you told me you weren't going to tell me that story. You want to save it for the podcast? Yeah. So. Jackson, Mississippi, Mid-South is based in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And you told me you went to some shows and you had some stories. So the floor is yours. Yeah. So the the biggest one I remember, I don't know if y'all remember, remember this. I'm, I hope you do. There was one where uh, it was Kamala mm-hmm. was fighting uh, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> and, and Skandar Akbar uh, blew up a fireball in his face and it burned him. Do you remember this? Yeah, I was I was little. <laughs> you're older than him. Oh, maybe not. No, you're younger. Never mind. Uh, he he take like sides. He's on. You know, he's doing the manager thing, and he puts a fireball. And I think he just it blew up in his face, and he and it sent him to the hospital. And I knew there was something wrong in the as a kid in the audience because they stopped for a while oh, and, oh, they, everything. and like they took him out and it was a whole thing and it really did like I think it got too close and they yeah. burned his face and uh, yeah it was it was one of the craziest things but it, it you could tell in the moment that it was like oh this took <laughs> a turn. just got real yeah. right yeah. Was, it, was it with, <laughs> the, with flash paper is that what it was with probably. Yeah, yeah yeah probably that yeah. happened but he had thing. a big beard you know yeah. so yeah. Oh, yeah. Hogan did the same this is back in WCW days Hogan mm-hmm. and Warrior Warrior's first match when he signed with WCW did the exact same thing and Hogan was going to do the flash paper and he it lit up and and burned Hogan's eyebrows. Yeah. So anytime anybody's Since ever tried off. to do that, I don't think it's worked out it well. Anybody with kind of facial hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Kamala yeah. spent some time in world class too. Yes, he I, did. Yeah, I remember. He, that. he traveled several territories yeah. from Minnesota on down. Uh, sad story with him. Now he yeah. passed away recently, right? Yeah, yeah he was diabetes. Yeah. He was trying to get some um, fans to help him with surgeries he needed prior to. Yeah, yeah. he, he was from Hazelhurst, Mississippi. He That's was probably right. the most local. Local yeah. guy we had. Yeah, he lost both legs. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but he was entertaining when I was oh, a kid. He was very he much. Yeah. Belly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had the paint. Yeah. 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 So earlier you mentioned Hacksaw. You mentioned, uh, well, Jerry Lawler obviously was probably the, he was the Von Erichs of mm-hmm. Mid-South, right? Mm-hmm. And who else were? Oh, were Junkyard Dog was huge. Oh, yeah, JYD. Because he's yeah. out of Mississippi too, right? Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, uh, Jake the Snake was yeah. kind of starting there. Yep. And yeah, I remember, man, I remember all oh, that. Oh, Rock and Roll Express. Express. Rock and Roll Express was They were huge. huge. Yeah. And one time I got in trouble. We, uh, <laughs> in, in school, I got sent to the principal's office because there was this girl in school and she was obsessed with Magnum TA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She was obsessed with Magnum TA and I was, I was into wrestling, you know, because we were talking earlier about how people take sides, you yeah, know. Sure. And, uh, and I said, Magnum TA is stupid. I was a kid. <laughs> I, was, I was like fourth grade. I said, Magnum TA is stupid. And she got so mad and upset that she ran crying to the teacher and they sent me to the principal's <laughs> office. They love Magnum TA. I 
Magnum TA marks. You ain't gonna talk about Magnum TA in this school. Take him to the office. But we had one. Of, we had one of those principals. He was so over it. He was just like, if you get sent here, you're getting a paddle. Like it, oh, I don't even care yeah. what you're here for. And I, I, I remember being like, I was damn ten years old. And I was in there going, Are you serious? <laughs> Paid the higher price over calling out Magnum TA. The, the injustice. <laughs> but he did. He, I got a paddle. Can we call yeah. out that girl now? I mean, let's. Uh, what's her name? Yeah. Kim, Kimberly Lichty. Lichty. I think she was my math teacher. This <laughs> is Lichty. She almost failed me in algebra sophomore year. See? Her, her, her level of deceit knows no bounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's oh. messed up, man. Lichty. Damn. Yeah. Darn you. That's a pretty cool story to remember on that part of it. Yeah, though. it is. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I probably wouldn't have remembered it if it weren't for them. The bullying yeah, solidified it. So yeah, now you so. like, anytime Magnum TK, TA comes up on any of those yeah. retro reels, you just cut it all yeah. or move. In fact, the other day I had a flat, I just had a, I Went to I dug into what's Magnum TA doing now? He's scarred. Hey Magnum, look at me. He's got a heat since he was in the fourth grade. Magnum TA, that's awesome. That'd be a great server chasing the heat, right? Yeah. So how many shows did you go to? Man, I I think probably a dozen when I was when I was growing. I mean, and my dad knew he then knew I was into it so much that he would come home sometimes on you know Friday after school. He'd go got tickets. And we'd just go down to the Coliseum Damn, and watch awesome. him. Yeah. Can you tell so me what fun. it was like to have a dad that loved you? <laughs> yeah, that'd be so fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't only, know where to go from there. Only a few <laughs> of us have had that pleasure. <laughs> there yeah. we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this. This is a question we talk about a lot in here, but uh, I want to put a two-part. First part, in your love of wrestling, who would be on your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? Oh, yeah. And secondly, going to the music, who would be on your Mount Rushmore of musicians? Okay. Um, wrestling, I am going to say Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is was... Man, he was he was just the coolest. He mm-hmm. awesome. walked in, he owned that thing that had a two by four. Yeah. Uh Ted DiBiase was cool okay. back yeah, then. I love Ted yeah. Just gotta put it that autograph back, up there him. I, this was before he was a million dollar yeah. man. He yeah. just went with like yeah. some of these black little Those things. Black and, trunks, and, yeah, yeah, black trunks and he would just reach in. He always had something in his you yep. remember that? Hey, yeah. This yeah. is a family that. podcast, Jason. Don't he, uh, <laughs> sure it is. Did, did he carry that? I I kinda quit he following him when he went. He carried it to WWE. Really? No, he he, he maybe one or two matches, but he was known for that in mid That was his thing. And yeah. uh, in fact, other heels propagated that later. Really? Like just hiding stuff. It's still a classic trick you see yeah. the rest of this day. Well, he was, that was his deal. Was yeah. he'd, just, he'd reach in, he'd turn around, the ref was distracted, yeah. he'd turn around, reach in his shorts, and, and then there he goes. Yeah, and rolling I, nickels. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. you make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. DiBiase. DiBiase is a prototype for heel work and professional wrestling. Yeah, he was so good at it. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that's two. Yeah. Um, yeah, those junkyard dog was cool as hell yeah, too. Well, I mean, man, he came out owning that thing. He used to come out to uh, yeah, another bicycle dust, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, he was great. He that leg thumping, yeah, shaking his head. He, he was awesome. Oh man, yeah. hell yeah, he was I forgot great. about that. He was so great. Yeah, um, musically, it's easy. Merle Haggard. Merle okay, Haggard. okay, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. call. I, I was telling them earlier. I have a, I have like. If you ask me who number two is, it's there's twenty. There's a line of twenty people. Yeah. You know, like I have a whole bunch of second place, um, mm-hmm. but Merle Haggard's number one for me for sure. You know what I think is interesting is talking about Mid South, and you you really haven't mentioned anything about Lawler. I mean, and, and from us that weren't a part of Mid South, or at least for me, that's all you really heard was you know Jerry Lawler, King of oh, right. Mid South, so and you haven't really. I'll give you the other side of that because I knew that. 
I knew who he was because I knew he owned it, but I never, I didn't even, I mean, I read about him. Like, I never saw Jerry Lawler ever in anything that I ever did. And in fact, I just kind of heard, of, I, he was like a figure that was off in the distance. I never, Interesting. he had great runs in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And then he was kind of controlling and running things between, you know, New York, Minnesota, Mid-South and just probably yeah. moving the talent back and forth, uh, which, you know, a lot of people don't give him his due for orchestrating that. They're like, Oh, he always stepped in the spotlight. He tried to, you know, set himself up as the top dog and make himself literally the King, but he really was helping a lot of people get break into the business, get in the business and obviously making money for himself yeah. in that territory. And he was in Memphis, right? He was a He's in Memphis. Memphis. Yep, yeah, Memphis. And then, uh, was able to hold that territory when mcmahon started buying everything up he still used waller and ovw and uh uwf and mid-south to uh kind of be proving grounds the, the old nxt if you will so yeah and i mean yeah it was i mean i used to, like my dad one time got me an autographed picture of him and i knew that i was supposed to li like it but i but i'd never seen him do anything yeah. he was yeah. the, i was i was 12 years old and he's the he's the man behind the scene so i didn't yeah. get it you know but now i, I get who he is but. so you're like oh thanks dad oh, yeah man. thanks that's great it's not jim <laughs> duggan uh, yeah <laughs> do, do they not do they not have any uh frosty flakes and yeah. frosty flakes in the store you get that, that? Yeah. might as well have gotten me a harley race <laughs> <laughs> oh you know who else was awesome then man it just popped in my head dr death steve Williams. oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. university yeah. of oklahoma right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in the, he's in actually in the collegiate hall of fame. Yep. Yeah. You know, the interesting story behind him, there were two great Steve Williams in professional wrestling and uh, stone cold. Steve Austin's real name is Steve Williams, is that right? but Dr. Well, Death was already Steve Williams. So he had to be stunning Steve Austin. And then later stone cold, Steve Austin, wow. that's his real name, Stephen Williams. I did not know that. Yeah. I'm full of useless facts. So it sounds like you've had a little gap from your love of wrestling. You've stopped for a little bit. <laughs> what does wrestling have to do to get you back interested? I think it's got to lose all. It, I, I love the lo-fi version of it. Same. I That's did awesome. it, man. When I first started watching it, it was on at like one o'clock in the mm -hmm. afternoon on call. Sundays, and then, and then it it was like ten thirty Sunday night, and you had to stay up for it. Yeah. But it was that was it, and it was it was lo-fi as hell. Like it was it was almost live. If, yeah. if it wasn't live, it felt live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it was errors like they would mess up with the cuts and stuff were just weird and wonky and it was weird. it just it felt so good yeah. you know and now it's just like a machine yeah you know it's just polished yeah. I can't well that's like world class was when I watched it uh, in Waco you know it's based in Dallas it was on Saturday nights at ten o'clock you know I had to stay up late as a kid to watch it but it was late at night yeah it used to always be late and that was yeah. kind of the magic of it as a kid like you could get popcorn almost forbidden in a sodas, way but you could stay up late parents would let you stay up late and yeah. watch it that was really cool. I remember the worst thing that ever happened was when I would fall asleep. Yeah, because you don't know who no, won. I don't know who won, and there was no internet or anything, and nobody else was into this stuff. So you couldn't you get just, the dirt seats. Nah, yeah. I just had to wait till the next week and find out who won. You dare not ask a question in school because you're going to get the wrong one. But you know that lo-fi aspect is so yeah. retro and so um, nostalgic for me. Wouldn't it be cool if they did that? So they 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 have a little bit. I think. Um, WWE did like a retro in your house lo-fi version years and years ago, but it wasn't the same draw because it's this mega glam billion dollar corporation now. So they have to have all the spectacle and the pomp and circumstance. But when you think about 
uh, Mid-South, UWF, WCCW, Windy City Wrestling, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Those are all the ones that you could kind of get on TV. What's the one in Georgia? Uh, Georgia Championship. Georgia Championship and then NWA. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those were all really great. And the the initial WCW in the early 80s, mid-80s, Jim Crockett and those guys, that had that lo-fi effect. McMahon's group in New York was getting bigger and bigger. You could still cut back to that. And they had rankings, you know. Uh, I I do miss that. AEW tried to tap into that, but they know that they're competing against WWE, so it's still a... When that whole AEW, WWF thing happened, I was always on the AEW side. Oh, good. I I loved it. Love this guy. Yeah. Take that, George Strait. You moved down the list. They had the Road Warriors, right? They had the Road Warriors. um, AWA. Is what you're talking about? AWA. Yeah, yeah sorry. That's what I'm talking well, about. you're still up there though. Okay. Yeah. All right. Did I just not? I just fell down a little bit. No, we'll, no, we'll no, get no, you no, back no. on. Okay. We, we right. thought you were talking about recent. AW, yeah, AW is a newer company right newer, now. Yeah. I would oh, say most okay. recently, uh, Ring of Honor. Prior to getting yes, bought by yes. AEW, Ring of Honor yes. had that look that you're talking about. It was yes. on at 1 a.m. Some like Sinclair Channel or something yeah. like that. It's really hard. And it's the harder it is to find, the better the wrestling is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really good. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Yeah. You ever watch Glow? The Ocho. You remember Glow? The Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's awesome what would it take for you to come out on stage in a lucha mask? Uh, <laughs> I've got, I've got a myriad behind you. I don't know. What do you got? Okay. So got a <laughs> don't ask Steve. He's <laughs> no. Steve leaves his mic to get a yeah. lucha mask. Steve. No, I didn't mean that. I meant like money. What do you oh, got? What do you <laughs> Spoken like a real professional, Jason. I like it. Like, there you go. The yeah, next I, before you got I didn't mean what mask you got. He's going to put it on. So wherever, hey, we got a new album cover for you, Jason. Uh, wherever, wherever Jason's next show is, uh, in Na- oh, you'll be in Nashville in a few days. Yeah, oh, just walk man. out in, in the Lucha Libre mask. Yeah. That would go over so well. I was just down. I've been spending a lot of time in Mexico lately. Really, I love it down there. And yeah. I, I just went to, uh, I've been spending some time in uh like I went down to Guadalajara and Oaxaca, and that's that stuff is real down there. Yeah, they, oh, they get they after are it. Still into it, they big time. You'll see the stars in public with their masks on. Yeah, you know they really work the gimmick. They're, like they're superheroes. It's yeah, it's, it's a un, big it's, deal. It kind of reminded me of the old, yeah, the old thing. You know, yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> Well, you've got such an interesting uh, breadth of, of likes and things, but I was really uh, struck by your story a little bit last night talking about learning how to play and then how you picked up blue style, the Delta blue style. Mm-hmm. Do you mind for our fans that are listening? And there are millions around the world. <laughs> millions! Around the world listening. Yeah. Um, do you mind just talking a little bit about your journey, like how you got into this this passion and, and this vocation and this calling, essentially? All right. Yeah, so I got into it. Um, I always loved music. I mean, I just loved it from the time I was, you know, as long as I can remember. I remember being one of my earliest memories is sitting on the floorboard back when you could drive around with like on the floorboard yeah. of the car, yep. you know, I remember, or remember when like those old Osmobiles and you could lay on the back. I think it was frowned upon when you were smoking with the windows down. When your parents didn't love you at all. Yeah. 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 This was those days. Those days. So I was, I remember riding around on the floorboard of the pick of the truck and listening to music and mm-hmm. trying to figure out like what makes this wall of sound that I'm hearing. Like, right. what is that? You know, I'm mean, even as a four or five year old, right. I remember just kind of going, I don't know what this is. I like it a lot, but I don't know what this means. Like, it's just a lot of sounds coming at me. Right. And so I was just always intrigued by it. And I always thought about it. And then, uh, but I always loved country music. That was my, that was where I was from day one. 
And then uh, my stepdad, when I was about 12, 13 years old, had a bluegrass band, mm. uh, but they would meet every Tuesday night. It, I say a band, they would just meet at the house every Tuesday night and, it was, and they would sit around and just play old bluegrass standards. And, uh, which is all harmony driven mm -hmm. and, and I'd never heard live music before. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, I heard concerts and stuff, but I never heard in a room what right. music sounds coming out of the instrument okay. into your yeah. face, you know? And that's what bluegrass is. It's just, it's just pure. It's this wooden instrument into your, into your ears, you know, and I'd never heard that before. And they would sit around and play these old bluegrass songs. And he had a Martin guitar and he would hang it up on a wall when they were done. And he had this little black book with all the lyrics and chords and stuff in it. And my only rule was I could I could stay up late to watch the thing, but I couldn't touch the Martin or the songbook. Mm. So, you so immediately as soon as they went all. to bed, I went and grabbed <laughs> the Martin and the songbook. Exactly. And how I, that works. Yeah, yeah. And I took them to my and I'm sure he probably knew that. Right. right. And I, I would grab it. And I just every time they'd go to every time they'd I'd just sit in there with that. I'll never forget that black binder with all those those old bluegrass songs, and I just learned. And I say bluegrass, but they had they had Merle Haggard songs in there, mm -hmm. they had Vern Gosling songs in there. Like they had some good, you know, some cool. They had it was all great. It was all great. And so that's what kind of got me into playing. So I started learning how to play, and uh, I was teaching myself. And then a few years later, my dad worked with this guy, and he said, uh, "I want you to go take lessons from this guy. I've set it up." His name is J.C. Cannon. Uh, he's a blues player. And I fought him on it. Mm. And I said, I just, because I love country music so much. And blues was ubiquitous in, in Mississippi. Right. Like it was just, that's what music was in Mississippi. And everybody that knew the play guitar wanted to be a blues lead guitar player. And I just didn't, I wasn't interested in it. I don't know why, because it was just everywhere. Yeah. And I fought him on it. I said, I don't want to play blues. I want to play country and he said, we'll go over there and see what happens. So I sit down. And for one, first thing, this guy, well, he was a country blues player, which is a whole different It's a different genre. Deal. Yeah. It's a whole different deal. And I get over there and uh, I sit down and go to, he goes, well, show me what you got. And so I started showing him some licks I had learned. And, and as soon as I got done with the, showing him what I was waiting for him to be impressed with my <laughs> teaching him about country music. Uh -huh. And he, he just kind of sat there with this unimpressed look on his face and he leans over and he takes the pick out of my hand. He throws it in the yard and he goes, you don't need that son. He goes, you got a whole band right here. And he taps his hand and he goes, he taps his palm. He goes, you got a drummer right here. He taps his thumb. He goes, you got a bass player right here. He taps his fingers right here. He goes, you got your rhythm right here. Because you got your whole band. And then he went on for the next four years and taught me how to play guitar like a Delta Blues player, mm -hmm. which I have come to learn is it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life. And it's a dying art. Hmm. And there very few people can do it. And it's a yes. style of music that that existed and and nobody's passing it on anymore. And I had no idea how lucky I was that he was teaching me this. I had no right. idea. But you can go to Clarksdale, Mississippi right now, and there's five or six people that are just killing it. I mean, they're killing it. And they're trying to pass it on. And I know a few great guitar players from Texas that are starting to move to Clarksdale to mm. learn to learn how to do this. Like, it's one of those things that it's, you know, how like when a language is dying, yep. everybody try, it's the same thing. Like, it's people realize this thing is dying. And so... 
they were trying to keep it alive. And I'm, I wasn't intentionally trying to do it. I just learned it from this guy, but I took it. I think the greatest gift. So he also taught me lead guitar and I don't, I just wasn't interested in that part of it. I, I was, I wanted the right songs. And so learning how to accompany myself was a big thing. I, right. I loved like those early Muddy Waters records, right. you know, when he was, it was just him, like a Rolling Stone, like those things, like that was uh, Crossroads, like Robert Johnson, like that self-accompanying songwriter part of the blues was what I really kind of latched on to. So I never really got into the lead guitar playing part. But um, anyway, so he, he kind of, he taught me this whole thing and, and what I... I think the one thing that I've done with it that maybe that I put my own spin on was I took that and turned it and put it into country music, mm. you know, so that whole like playing your own bass lines mm -hmm. for doing your own percussion. Uh, I I took that into three chord country music and did like kind of that Wayland sound, yeah, you know, yeah. that groove Wayland sound and and tried to apply the blues thing, which we were talking earlier, too, that. People have no idea. I mean, everybody thinks that like an artist is a, is a genre of music, but I don't know any artist that's one genre of nope. music, a, any, any, in any genre of music, even the most country, like straight up honky tonk guy, you know, is, I mean, Waylon took that, that's a disco beat. Yep. Waylon's thing was a disco beat. Like it's, it, it, everybody's stealing from all these other genres and putting it, not stealing, just, we're just learning from each yeah. other. Well, you know? Waylon started with Buddy Holly, right? And the crickets or whatever. Yeah. So he had that rockabilly, Texas swing, and, and in, like you said, sort of, uh, well, ultimately morphed into kind of a disco thing. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. He took a disco beat. If you, if you took a, if you took all the everything else out and just and just isolated the rhythm tracks. You mm -hmm. can't tell a Waylon song from a BG song in that era. Interesting. It's the same beat. It's the same thing. They were Ooh. just they just they had different rhythm, different bass lines over it. You know, like it was, I mean, there's subtle differences, but it's the same. That's why everybody was moving the same way to it. Right. You know, JJ Kale was doing it. Gap Band was doing yep. it. It's the same sound. That Tulsa thing was going on then too, and and the Gap Band was doing it as much as as uh as lay down sally and you dropped a bomb on me are the same damn it's the same that's you why know, you're I just realized that yeah. when you said that well that's <laughs> so oh, wow yeah. your mind just got blown you dropped so a I, bomb on me yeah so i do pa for steve and the baseball team and you dropped a bomb on me i, I love to do that for home runs you know mm -hmm. and as a thing and i never thought about it being, that's amazing so lay down sally is a double and then and then you drop boom yeah that is you dropped a bomb that is crazy yeah, right. yeah. so tell me the story tell the tell uh tell these guys the story you're telling me about uh notorious big about uh biggie yeah if you watch this is it i don't know if you've seen this but documentary uh i can't remember what service it's on but there's a documentary and uh and i've all, I always loved I learned in the documentary you can't say Biggie like, but he he even says it in the documentary because he's about to get sued or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but okay. I guess you're not supposed to. Say Can we Biggie. say Christopher Wallace? Is nah. that legal or just Notorious Big? Yeah. Notorious Christopher Biggie. Notorious Big is really hard to say. Yeah. Biggie's way easier to say. But I was I always loved it, and and I always knew I loved it, and then I watched this documentary and it said his, and I'm gonna probably get the facts wrong, but the spirit of this is right. Um, I love that his, statement. His, <laughs> his uncle or some kind of close family relation was a, a jazz drummer in the Caribbean. 
Okay. I think it was Haitian, <clears throat> yeah. but it was a jazz drummer. And so he would go down there and spend the summers down there. So he was around drums for one and then jazz drums. So he's around jazz tones and all this jazz stuff going on. And then he grows up in Brooklyn. So he was around all the hip hop stuff when it was happening and growing up. And then he, this was one that blew my mind was he said his mom used to on Sundays when she was working around the house, she would play like Hank Williams. Yes. She was a classic country fan. So she'd play Hank Williams and Eddie Arnold and Fair and Young. Like she was all into that stuff. And so that was his calming place. And they said even when he like when he started blowing up, if he got stressed, he would they said they'd catch him on the back of the bus just sitting back there listening to Hank Williams on the on the back Ooh. of the bus. You would never know that in a million right. years. But once you know it, and you go listen to this stuff. After that, you hear you hear the drum part and ha how badass his beats were. You hear and and his and he, his words were rhythmic. Yeah. Like he he, well, like he, telling a story, painting a picture, like a country, right? like a country yeah. artist would. Well, yeah. well, no, the the lyric, what he was saying was was country. Like that's the country part because he actually told a story and said things that from from A to B, you know, mm -hmm. beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Like that's the country part, but also. The syllable, like the meter of his words was, was rhythmic. That's the drummer part. And then in the background, there's this whole jazz thing going on. Like you hear it, all of it, once you realize that that's what he was doing. It's it's crazy. I I would have never known it. And then once I heard it, that's all I hear now when I listen to it. When, when you're just listening to you talk, it's like you see music. I don't see it the same way you do, but it's just amazing to hear you describe everything that goes into that and then it makes sense to us now but you're hearing it and you see it right away it's like, like a it synesthesia makes, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really interesting it is yeah synesthesia man that <clears throat> i'm just coming around on that but yeah i think it's a real thing going back to last night what was you had mentioned um the term uh for the, <laughs> so you I forgot told, the term when i the, told laura this I, I said so you were talking about the term of the gun coming up on the uh, right. shore and the, oh yeah and do you know the, what so, it is no i totally made the word up and he thought that oh, I would really? <laughs> <of> a bitch. <laughs> i was so excited to tell him that i wanted to help I him said, out the story like, i said like centrifugal direct current <laughs> and he was like oh i can't wait to see <laughs> <laughs> that that's your best friend. There is a term for it. Yeah. It's not centrifugal direct. It was current. one word. I remember yeah. that. It was. But one you word. said it with great alacrity. Alacrity. <laughs> alacrity. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> Steve will never be the same. Oh, that's you getting paddled. Yeah. Oh, that was great. I whispered to Ashley. I was like, I made that up. And <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny that you guys kind of mentioned that because I told Jason earlier today. I said, you know, I, when we invited all these people to the show, I think I did Jason a disservice by telling people that he was Texas country mm. because I think it gave the connotation to some people that aren't familiar or maybe fans of country yeah. like oh like oh you shot my dog you know my wife left in my pickup and that's not what Jason does it's more soulful yes. more uh, bluesy rhythm and bluesy and but the storytelling is, I mean the songwriting is phenomenal and um, I don't I know you do a few covers, but most everything you do is stuff that you wrote yeah. and, and developed the, the music for it. So I felt I felt like I cheated some people in giving that moniker because you, you you try to categorize it just to give somebody a familiarity. 
But I use you two as examples because I know you're not big country fans per se, but y'all both said, man, that Mississippi stuff was mm-hmm. great. Your the latest album, album was, Mississippi. Yeah, that was fire. Yeah. Thanks. I liked it a lot. The, um, the country term is so weird, you know, because just think about, I mean, when I think, when I actually think country, I mean, there was, what a weird thing to define, right? Because when when Haggard and Waylon and Willie, when they were doing their thing, which now is considered the epitome of country music, mm-hmm. that when they were doing that, everybody that was purist were like, this isn't country music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is jazz and this is uh, like, Willie was doing some kind of jazz thing over here, you know, and Waylon was doing this disco thing and, and Merle was just being Merle Haggard, you know, and, and none of them got it. And so it's that the country music label is, is a tough one because People think they know what it means, but then they, if you really dig into it, you don't, nobody knows what that term really means. So I, I, I agree with you on that. And one of the things I struggle with my whole life is the defining of music. Like we give it titles, we categorize it. And well, I don't listen to that. I don't like that. And if anyone who doesn't air quotes, like country music had just, you know, wiped away the idea of coming and listening to you last night, they would have missed some really interesting sounds. They would have really missed the unique guitar technique. It felt like there were four people up there with Uh you at once. And I know that that's the art that you're talking about. And I leaned over around Steve's big head to watch your hand. And there's like (laughs) 97 different things happening on one chord. And that's just Mm. amazing to me how you have that kind of dichotomous playing ability in your mind and your ability. And the way it sounded in that smaller auditorium, how it went all around. And I know you had sound people too, but there's a clear tone emanating from you and just different styles mixed into one, particularly on a couple of those songs. And I I was just really impressed at the art of it. Um, So much so that I literally went and downloaded an album afterwards so you get a whole penny. (laughs) I was literally impressed with the art of it. And so I write your congressman to get Jason some more money. (laughs) But I always struggle with like, because you're talking about uh, Biggie and, and where some of that comes from. You talk about jazz, you talk about rhythm, you talk about blues, you talk about country, bluegrass. Uh, there's a variety of songs and, and musical genres out there around the world that any of us that are untrained ears would mistake for any one of those things. Sure. Yeah. And so how did you as an artist get a uniqueness to your sound and develop that? Because it does sound unique compared to other artists in the air quotes genre. I think listening was a big one. I, I joined the Air Force real quick okay. out of, out of uh, high school. And so I went from small town Mississippi to rooming with a bunch of guys from Boston and New oh, England. Yeah. Like it just immediately was was this is a different world. Yeah. I don't really did you about. immediately hate the Patriots or did it take you a time? <laughs> it's taken me a while. Okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It grew on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm saints all the way. Uh, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, I always have been. It's, it's been a, that's a family one for me, the saints. But uh, We'll come back to that because okay. Nick's still getting over the latest uh, football game that, that book was played. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so don't, but I'm sorry. Get back to your story. <laughs> okay. So I just uh, – and then I moved to – when I was in the Air Force, moved to Europe. Oh, wow. uh, and you figure out like there's these there's these Celtic rhythms mm-hmm. and these you know and then I went and I studied Arabic when I was in the Air Force that was my job and so I got into Arab rhythms. Some and, of that stuff is great. It is rhythmic as hell. <laughs> yes. It is that nobody real everybody hears the weird like quarter tone yeah, things yeah. that they're singing and they think that's Arab music but no there's rhythm stuff going on in there that's unbelievable. So yeah. I just kind of soaked all that up and then got back and. And then when I got to Texas, I found the whole songwriter side of things. Mm. The Towns Van Zants and Guy Clarks and Steve Earls and John Prine. And you, you, know, you liked uh, Robert Earl Robert a lot. Earl, right? a lot. Yeah. Robert Earl Keane, yeah. for those of you not savvy. Yeah, Robert Earl's, uh, he's in my, he's up there, way up there. Robert Earl's is probably 
even higher than most because he's he is genre free. Mm. That guy will just he's just plays Robert O'Keefe music. <laughs> he just got not, his own genre. <laughs> he does not care what you call. Yeah, you know what I mean, so yeah. for those of you uninitiated, Rose, a quick aside. So I think uh, Road Goes On Ever Forever is probably his most famous. But uh, Merry Christmas from the Family, check that out. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, Corpus Christi Bay. There's just a lot of great uh, Rek stuff. But sorry, yeah, you can you can randomly hit Robert O'Keefe on shuffle, and he's I mean, he's been around for 40 years now mm. and, and just randomly hit a Robert O'Keefe song. And his voice is the the typical songwriter voice. When you first hear it, you're going to hate it. And and then you start listening to the lyrics and then the lyrics start to grab you. And then eventually you like the voice seeps in, you know, and then you start to crave the voice because the voice is, oh, it's so good. Man. Yeah, <laughs> People say so that good. about Bob Dylan. It's the same thing. about Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same thing. D Jason and I bonded over our mutual agreement on a topic about Bob Dylan, but I digress. Back, oh boy. back to Jason's story. Oh, boy. No, Jason is literally the only person that I've ever been around that agrees me with me on a certain issue with Bob Dylan, but that's fine. Okay. That's it for another day. We'll say that for the next cast. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll see. I don't, I don't, yeah, because because we're being recorded, I don't want Jason to be in a put in a spot tight spot with his uh, with his family. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cardinal rule of songwriting. You can't talk bad about yeah. Bob Dylan. It's like Fight Club. Yeah. No, you don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what Fight Club? What are you talking about? Yeah, I love Bob Dylan. Don't we all? Okay, okay. It's an American treasure. <laughs> the only person that supersedes him in, in the American treasureness is probably Taylor Swift. Oh, but, then mm, there it is. Can I? Can I? Can I say my? Can I just say your? Can, go I, can go I, I just? Um, let me say it. Let me say it. I'm not going to go into the whole thing that I said. This before. is maybe where Caitlin tunes out. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no, I'm not talking about Taylor Swift. Oh, never mind. Taylor, no, 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 Taylor, stay in. Log back in. Yeah. yeah. No, we're going to Bob Dylan. So any Bob okay. Dylan, I'm, I'm not running them, but I think Bob Dylan is a great songwriter. Yeah. He's probably mid-level. I would put him with a hundred of her other great songwriters. Can y'all turn your eyes away while I kiss Jason on the mouth? No, it's, <laughs> but he's not. But Bob Dylan is not like, this elite thing that people give him credit for. I just don't understand that. I don't think it's deserved. Do you see what my man just did on, on national podcasts? International. With There's millions. Kong, listen to this. And millions of listeners. Just, just drop the truth bomb on all y'all. I, I have a, a, a friend I used to work with who absolutely loves Bob Dylan, but I think more for the art and the storytelling. I've yeah. never felt like I thought Jacob, his son, was more talented. Yeah, like the Wallflowers, sure. yeah. like, you know. For but sure. Like, yeah. I just never saw him as this elite, as you say, elite it's level. Did elite. we just become best friends? No, because you still talk trash about Kenny Omega. So Jason hates him too. What you you hate Kenny Omega. I, no, <laughs> I, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> That's the worst. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> He's got diverticulitis. Leave him alone. <laughs> who is that? Who is that? He's me. a wrestler with AEW. He said, that, who is that, the bluest of blue hells yeah. is Kenny Omega. Nick, Nick thinks he's like the second coming of Albert Einstein or so. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. Your story is more important <laughs> no, than no, no, it's not. me not at all. No, not compared to that. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, Bob Dylan's good. He's not great. I think, okay. you know, and there's nothing I mean, wrong with that. Yeah. No, yeah. being good is fine. Yeah. Being good. You make a lot of money being good. Yeah. 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 It's okay to be in the hall of good or hall of very good. You yeah. know, not everybody can be in the hall of fame. Uh, yeah. It was a, can. do y'all know who Tom T. Hall is? Yes. I do not. Watermelon. Um, Tom, Tom T. Hall was a kind of an unknown, like 
he would have been the hacksaw Jim Duggan of country music. Okay. To give you an example, he played Willie Nelson's early Fourth of July picnics, and he would wear uh, uh, Izod. Oh, like wow. polos tucked into like khakis at a you yeah. know kind of a hippie cowboy event that Willie Nelson do that but, go over um fine well, he, he I sing. think he only played the the early Willie Nelson <laughs> 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 but he's a he's well known as like I mean he's he just got inducted into the uh, country music hall of fame a few years ago and he he had relatively minor hits, but he's very, very well known as one of the best songwriters in country music history ever. ever. Would you say his biggest song that most people know is "I Like Beer" or yeah, "Watermelon but that's Wine"? Yeah, service. It, it is, yeah. but I mean, in terms of uh, of familiarity, he's, yeah, he's got a song called "Homecoming" that's one of the best songs that's ever been written. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a he is a genius, and. Um, Bob Dylan took the stage one time and he, I think he was winning like the Kennedy Center honors or something. It was some kind of big award. And for some reason, he just goes off on this tangent and starts criticizing Tom T. Hall. And, and this is the part I'm proud to say on international radio because it just pissed me off so much. And I thought Bob Dylan's never written one song as good as, as good as Tom T. Hall songs. Tom T. Hall was a craftsman. Like Tom T. Hall, he, he knew how to write a song and he wrote songs and he wrote a lot of them consistently. And he was, and he is world renowned in the, in this country music world as one of the greatest has ever been. Bob Dylan's never written a song as good as Tom T hall ever. And so the fact that he just like randomly took a shot at him probably shows some insecurity. You know what I mean? Probably. Like, like why would he just bring up Tom yeah. T hall in a speech? Yeah. Yeah. He had to felt something. I'm, some I'm going to say something right now that might, might shock you, but I've never loved you more than I do right now. <laughs> a lot happened right here. I'm a little nervous. Straight shoot. Yeah. Straight, straight shoot. shoot. Straight, straight shoot. shoot. Straight straight shoot. No work. All right. I'm all right. I'm done. I'm done. off my soapbox. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Um. Yeah. So if if I may, I'm gonna try to to to. I mean, obviously, it'd be a mark for you, but I'm trying to take it for you. So last night, I told the people at the show, and you could because you had told me. I think a lot of people are like me that question, how do artists get paid? Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that uh, for every song that you sh- that is of yours that is streamed, and I would assume it's for any artist on Spotify or Apple Music or what have you, that it takes three streams of a song for you to earn a penny based on the play. Right. Um, not not a purchase, just the, the stream. Right. In your, if you're king of the world for the day... How would you change that for the benefit of artists to keep the craft moving forward? Um, man, I don't know. It's a, it's a, that's, it's a, it's a complicated issue because their argument for not paying is that we benefit from they, they equate it to radio, mm. right? They equate it to their argument is that you don't get paid for your radio. You know, when we play on the radio, we're doing this for you. It promotes your music, which is true, except radio wasn't on demand. Right. This is on demand. Right. So it takes the place of buying the music. Yes. Which is so they're, they're wrong in that. But at the same time, they are right in that it does because it's free or, or it's subscription. You pay 10 bucks a month or whatever. More people are listening. If they had to pay $10 every time they wanted to hear me, I would have a third of the number of listeners that I have. So because there's because it's freer, you know, that more people are showing up and they're buying tickets to the show. And it's true. It is. But but the middle ground is not matching up. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's they are they are right. Like I'm willing to take less 
But the difference between making ten dollars on a on an album and making a dollar on an album or or seventy five cents on an album is it's too much. Yeah. Like the gap is too much. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's, well, that makes it, sense. It, it, we are benefiting from, from them, but, but there has to, be, I mean, cause it still costs $40,000 to make a record. Oh yeah. It, it, it ain't that, that part hasn't changed. That's what people don't know. They don't, they realize. don't understand. They, that, yeah. they think you set up with a record label and you make a record and the record label handles everything and blah, blah. They don't understand the cost, the upfront cost of starting this business, the training costs, the continue education costs, the travel costs, everything that comes on. I had a friend who's a, musician and not anywhere near as big as you but like having all of that is in and of itself expenses like yeah. you guys aren't you know rock and roll stars with 18 tour buses and an entourage like yeah it's it's a lot yeah there's no bringing that cost down it is yeah. what it is studios cost what they cost musicians cost what they cost and i'm not going to screw those guys like right. hey, everybody deserves to get paid so i'm right. paying everybody right and i'm not getting any of it back like it's, it's basically a i'm it's a loss leader for getting to go out and tour and sell t-shirts and stuff right it is i mean i'm, I'm like taking a loss on this and you're like a professional wrestler in that sense where you're hoping to make up the difference on merch like you're, you're oh, trying yeah. to sell 100%. t-shirts gear yeah. record covers any type of art or whatnot that's attached to yeah what you have it's really interesting the the overlap between that yeah yeah it's the same thing i mean it's independent yeah independent yeah. contractor yeah that's what it is yeah yeah same thing yeah. So in terms of uh, same kind of question, but in terms of like touring, if you're king for the day, what would you change about it being a touring? Because a lot of people, Jason is an international touring artist. He's actually going to be in Europe in a few, few weeks uh, doing a three week tour over there. Uh, you've done that multiple times over the years, gone to Europe. So what, but even if it's just domestic, what would you change about touring for the benefit of artists? Oh man, I don't, um, that's a, I, I don't. I wouldn't change much on my end because I'm I'm pretty independent and it's pretty fair. So there's some freedom with that. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 I know some guys that are with Live Nation and there's that's a whole mm, other conversation yeah. and I don't want to speak for them, but I've heard private conversations. Let me do it for you. you know? Live Nation <laughs> loves to make some money. Yeah. Any of you that have ever been to the former Deer Creek or Variety, whatever, what do they call it now, Verizon Music Center? I mean, when we were over there to see Hank, Hank Jr. over the the past summer, they charge for Earthing, and when I say earthing, I mean everything. Earthing, yeah. Earthing. Mm -hmm. earthing you want to get in five minutes early? It's this price. Want to get in ten minutes early? And, and through this gate? Oh, it's this price. I mean, they they don't miss a chance to make a dollar. You want to stand up at that. this moment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's and guess how much of that pass on to the artist. Uh, zero yes. point zero yeah. like my like my gpa zero point yeah. zero <laughs> and you know uh, uh you want a beer well you take a mortgage on your house um they get cut a merch i don't know how much it is but a t-shirt that, that sells it there for thirty dollars i know all of that's not going to the artist no the cut of merch thing is that's a problem in general mm. like nobody should get a cut so of that merch. might be something you change about touring, i would maybe. change that yeah. but there's already like there's there's crusades going on about that right now. Like it's a changing, it's changing as we speak because yeah, some venues charge 20% to let you sell your merch in their yeah. place. Yeah. And their argument is, their argument is, well, we're giving you a space to sell your merch. And my argument is I'm giving you 
200 people to buy your beer. So if you're giving, if I'm giving you 20% of my merch, you should give me 20%. Is of the that bar. when you say then checkmate? Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't ever answer that. They know, no, yeah. They don't ever answer Looks that. Looks upon level seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, they it, don't like that argument. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Just the, the, the fee start. Well, what about ticketing? Cause I know that's something that comes up a lot with Ticketmaster with the perception of monopoly, which it probably is. And Live Nation kind of in cahoots with those guys in the proliferation of Vivid and SeatGeek and all that. How does that affect? That's artists? that's way beyond my level. Um, I, that's when you get into arena stuff. You know, I'm I'm still I consider myself lucky enough to where the the venues I play, I know the I know the owners. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah, like that's it's, good. Yeah, it's that's great. old school. Like it's, yeah. It is. I I know the people that nobody's screwing anybody. Like it's fair, and so I don't have any personal experience with that, but. I do know people. I mean, there's the level right above me is where you start getting into that, mm -hmm. and and I'm in some ways I'm really glad that I don't have to deal with that because it's 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 a it's a whole side of it I don't really even want to see. Is there any truth that you had a problem with the promoter last night? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still trying to get paid, but uh, see <laughs> how he's being booked. Is there any truth? Storyline. Is there any truth that he tried to ply you with uh, top shelf bourbon to maybe? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Right here, so our finest. <laughs> did, did he maybe try to ply you with Pizza yeah. King? Oh man, <laughs> y'all do this Pizza Square up here. That's kind of weird. Have you heard this place called Subway? <laughs> Have you heard of it? It's our finest yeah. of sandwiches. It's pretty maybe, underground. Yeah. Did he maybe give you the finest fried tenderloin uh, you've ever had for lunch? <laughs> Can we just go back to the fact as as a, a dad joke aficionado? He said that Subway was pretty underground. That was. <laughs> I, said, All right. I know we've kept Am you I a in? long time. No, he's man, the I real deal. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I know we kept you way long. But, uh, again, uh, hopefully uh, Fleener can put a uh, tag to Jason's website on yeah. um, com. He, you know, this is the kind of guy. And there's, I'm sure there's other people like you. And I know in your circles there are a number of people you've even mentioned uh, through today that are doing a great job of just – you know, being independent artists and keeping, you know, music alive, independent music, that's not cookie cutter formulaic. And not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but some creative freedom is not a bad thing either. So Jason is yeah. kind of the real deal with that. Um, I mentioned last night, he's played the Grand Ole Opry. He's collaborated with artists that you've all heard of, but he is a songwriter and a, a great guitar player and a great performer. And I, I really encourage people to, you know, listen to his songs three times each so he gets a penny. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I've, I've, I've been listening to it, so I hope yeah. you're getting paid. I cool. really do hate this more than anything in the world. I, I just you don't like not, talking about yourself, I, right? I hate it so much. What if yeah. that's what, what if, we like you? Though. What if I, my name was Kathleen Lichty or whatever it is? Would you like to <laughs> Kimberly Lichty? Kimberly Lichty, Lichty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't trust any that of those names. Burned into his backside. Uh, <laughs> Magnum T A. He still got the scar. So I'm gonna. Um, I think we're, I think we worked out a deal where we're gonna try to bring Jason back uh, at the end of June, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to see if I can get. Catholic, was it Kimberly, Kimberly Lichty to attend the show? What, how good would that be? It's like an urban legend, Phil Collins, when you get the spotlight on it. You should do a cover in the air tonight. All of a sudden, I get a spotlight on her, and Jason's like, What the hell's going on? Kimberly Lichty. <laughs> 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 
And everybody, yeah. Boo! For shame! I hope he hits her with Magnum's finisher. <laughs> what was it, though? He didn't really have remember. a finisher. I don't remember. Yeah. He, and know, then, he you know, maybe you can say, hey, Kimberly, who was your favorite wrestler at the time? And she starts, it doesn't matter who your favorite was. <laughs> Get her out of there. But, uh, no, thank you so much yeah. for doing this. I know this, oh, man, this you is had fun. no idea this yeah. was going to go on. This is great. And I'm sure all of your fans are going to be like, why did you hang out with these three dudes? Are y'all not going to talk about... Other like, what other, do you want to talk about? I don't know. I thought I thought I was joining your thing. I no, know it's all about you, man. Yeah. Well, no, normally you. we talk about really stupid stuff mm-hmm. that you're gonna oh. like. I'm wasting. I could be doing anything else. Well, like yeah. what? Show me. Show me if I wasn't here. Peanut butter and mayo sandwich. No, stop. You're such a wrong. <laughs> Peanut butter, butter and miracle mayo. Miracle. Miracle. If I offered you a fillet, you've already screwed it up. Or a pure <laughs> peanut butter and miracle sandwich. Which would you shit on? You want to get, this is the show. That's the show. Okay. Give us your thoughts uh, about or, baseball. Yeah, or yeah. Aliens Real. That's oh. the show, you know. like uh, th- Those are two very different. Whatever the audience wants. Yeah. What you don't know, Nick, is we actually did have a talk sort of about this earlier today. Jason's not going to remember because he's trying to get the sacks uh, wrong <laughs> premise out of his mind. but. <laughs> Yeah, we talked to yeah. yeah I mean, it, I, I have thoughts. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know if you want to splice this into a, a two-part series or anything. It's a multi-part series. One of my thoughts is if you're if you're back in June, let's. I, I think we should have you back. Yeah, that'd okay. be awesome. Yeah, I love. And we it. could, and then you could just be a part of the show instead okay. of the show be about. Yeah, you, yeah. I, I would way you, rather have that. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna we, leave we Texas. Replace Jason with Jason. Oh, yeah. that would be so you much Just say better. it's Jason and see yeah. if anybody. Rachel won't know the difference. They won't yeah. know. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's gonna. We're gonna turn it into the Bob Dylan. Hour and oh, uh, yeah. he's gonna leave Texas, move up here like other people have done. Dude, we'd love to have erroneously. You. you are a cool dude, man. You're cooler than the polar bear's toenails. I'm telling you, like <laughs> it's fun to talk with you. Oh, yeah, thanks. Y'all are cool, man. This yeah. is fun. It's good stuff. Yeah. Are these your favorite Division three NCAA coaches that you've ever met? I mean, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, without a in doubt. Indiana. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I have no. Yeah, all in Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> that also have their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they collect wrestling figures. <laughs> <laughs> is this the most impressive uh, man cave basement area that you've ever been in? No. It's <laughs> like, you got to remember, I've been some shows in Nashville. Yeah. I've seen. I, I, I did want to ask this question. You mentioned last night you do different, like you went to the art museum or you were playing there and you've played different places for people. Yeah. What's the audit? Like you're on our podcast right now and this was brought up to you. Like what's the oddest request you've had doing one of these things? Like you want me to do that while I'm there? Like what? Man, I'm not good at this on the spot. Like as soon as it's, I'll, I'll come up with an answer, and then ten minutes after I leave, I'll go. Oh, I should have said this other one. Um, you can call in. Jason um, won't have it. But you, can call in. <laughs> you mean like as far as a gig or just just, or just in, in general? Like, you know, like hey, by the way, while you're here, you want to go on our Rinky Dink podcast? Like yeah, like earlier today, I said, hey, do you want to go do? Oh, this? well, then this is definitely the. This is the one. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. 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 That wanted to. Oh, yeah. Well, he doesn't... Oh, that's just a Tuesday. I reminded him. Uh, I saw J- J- the first time I saw Jason live, uh, we, we actually had a Zoom concert. My wife and I had a Zoom concert with Jason uh, Those during are COVID. Cool. Those during are cool, COVID, by the way. Yeah. And it was cool. And um, he was gracious. And I'm sure after he hung up, he says, Damn, that dude's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> so, October of 21, we actually went to Indianapolis and saw him live. And oh, cool. we, we chatted. And uh, he re- we mentioned that we'd had the Zoom, and he he pretended like he remembered us, and he was very <laughs> gracious. Yeah, you know he's he's a smart businessman. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and 
after the show, my wife was standing somewhere and she overheard another patron tell a friend of hers, like, hey, leave. I'm going to be leaving with Jason Eady tonight as I'm going. He is going to be my husband for the evening. Oh, okay. And I asked Jason if he remembered that. And he remembered some stuff about that night. And then I brought up that story. And Jason goes, no, that never happened. (laughs) So I feel bad. I feel bad for that lady because she was pretty certain it was going to be a done deal. And funny thing about her, that was Kimberly. Kimberly. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, you got one with me. Remember Magnum TA? Squealed off. This is what happened. And he said, You like that, don't you? This, this just got way out of here. And actually, my wife and I went, I think I told you guys on the pod, we went down to Scottsburg uh, this past fall or whenever it was to see Jason and his band. And as it turns out, Jason told some stories about that, which was it was about as big of an S show as I had anticipated. He was great. The band was great. But the, the venue and the people putting on the venue and most of the uh, patrons, yeah. other than my wife, I, of course, were uh, less than stellar representatives of Indiana. Uh, it was great. No, and we had a great time. <laughs> I'll bet it you did. Great. Thanks yeah. to modern uh, bourbon techniques. And yeah. <laughs> had a great time trying to navigate our way out of that cesspool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think, if I may, actually, one of the quotes from the band was, we can't get the F out of here fast enough. <laughs> But then we stayed like an extra hour after the show. That's why. That's what I mean. Like it started off one of those like, "What the hell are we doing?" It's, oh, to your point, that sometimes things are weird on the road. But then they sometimes the things that you walk into and you think this is going to be I, I can't do this. This mm-hmm. is not. And then they turn out to be the best nights. Like uh, like this yeah, right oh, now. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah, his next show he's going to be like, man, I was, <laughs> was just a- in Richmond, Indiana, and bro, <laughs> <laughs> bro. yeah, bro, bro, there were some real winners yeah. there. <laughs> bro, no, this no. is great, man. Thanks for having me. You're yeah. the best, dude. Well, I really appreciate it. Yeah. So when this uh, when this podcast uh, makes a ton of money, they're going to feel bad that it's only you know three cents. You know, three spins for a penny for him, and we're making you know all this cash. We ain't gonna see it. Jason goes. Yeah, Jason takes it. Other Jason, evil Jason, not cool Jason. Well, this podcast where we all became millionaires has been. (laughs) (laughs) This has been chasing the hug with us here and you there. I'm Steve, Brian, the Nick Johnson, Jason Eady, the Jason Eady, (laughs) Esquire, Esquire. All of them. Jason, yeah, Jason is, in, Jason is impressed with the quality of our. <laughs> we have four options here. Pick one. Can I, can I just, can I just push yeah, one? Do whatever you want. Dude, Jason, he just pushed our side. Oh my God! I can't even believe that. Did you see what he? Did you see what he just said, or hear what he just said? Uh, he said, "This is just like the Grand Ole Opry." Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't. I can't even tell the difference. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a mirror, right? Take that, America. Yeah, yeah. You're this welcome. Is, this is good. Be real. <laughs> yeah, it was nice knowing you. I'm never, never going to see you again, right? <laughs> but thanks so much. Thanks, man. I get it.